Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Greg Patton is living in today's world, and Jim Fletcher helps folks with end times anxiety. As we begin today's program, would you please continue to pray with us as we move closer to our goal of a new updated recording studio? Your financial help is needed in this special project. Please support this Studio 50 project with your tax-deductible gift today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144 or visit swrc.com. And thank you, my friends, for your support. We're just over two weeks away from our next in-person conference. This is a huge conference featuring 11 speakers over two full days, Friday and Saturday, March 25th and 26th in Tri-Cities, Tennessee. At this conference, you'll learn the real history of socialism from Bill Federer, what's next in Bible prophecy from Rob Linstead. You'll hear a powerful story of redemption from Kamal Salim and the latest finds of biblical archaeology as well as much, much more. Get all the details by visiting the events page of our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com and click on events. The Tri-Cities Tennessee Mega Conference, March 25th and 26th. Registration is free, but seating is filling up fast, so be sure and register today. swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. And be sure to visit our online resource center, swrc.com. swrc.com has over 900 items designed to bring clarity to the chaos and help you make sense of the world around you. Books and DVDs by the nation's leading teachers and scholars, Douglas Petrovich, Tom Horn, Greg Patton, Bill Federer, J.R. Church, and many, many others. Get these resources for you and for your church. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. Wars and rumors of war, global pandemics, disease, strife at every corner. In other words, the end times. For many people, the end times are a scary thought. Author Jim Fletcher is here to show us how to stop worrying and learn to actually enjoy the end times. The world today is in a constant state of chaos. America has abandoned Afghanistan and the Taliban are back in control. Armies around the planet are on the march. Almost daily, we see strange global weather patterns and natural disasters. Each day seems to bring some new global health emergency or a new COVID variant. Inflation is rising and economies are falling. Governments have imposed sanctions and closed businesses and churches. It seems like the world is falling apart. But are things really falling apart? Or as commentator Jan Markell says, are things falling into place. Joining me to talk about the end of this age is Jim Fletcher. Jim is an author and speaker specializing in Bible prophecy, Christian apologetics, and support for the nation of Israel. 
He is a member of the Executive Committee for the National Christian Leadership Conference for Israel and Director of Prophecy Matters, a ministry focused on end-time Bible prophecy. He's the author of a book that we're going to discuss today with a great title, It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine. Jim is one of my favorite guests, and I'm excited to have him back on the program. Jim, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Thanks, James. Good to be with you. Well, Jim, it's been a while since you were on, so would you take a minute and reacquaint yourself with our listeners. Would you share your testimony? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Well, actually, when I was young, I was born and raised there in Oklahoma City, where you guys are, and I had always had the benefit of godly parents, godly grandparents. Our pastor one day was preaching just the pure gospel, and I understood it and accepted Christ then. And like a lot of people, for some years, my pro-Israel and Bible prophecy interest waned a little bit, but then I came back to it, and for the last 25 years or so, I've been pretty engaged with teaching and studying Bible prophecy and also Israel advocacy. Well, that brings me to my next question. You are known as an expert on Israel. What started your fascination with the nation of Israel? Well, I have to give credit to my late friend and mentor, David Lewis, who had a ministry in Springfield, Missouri for many years, and and David was an evangelist who had started going to Israel, taking tour groups soon after the Six-Day War, and, and so he was early on a supporter of Israel, and I learned a lot from David. And then in 1998, I happened to be his book editor, and he invited me to go to Israel with him to research his next book, and so that really started my journey on this path, and I've been passionate about it ever since. We're offering It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, along with a book that you wrote with, David, called The Last War. Tell me about that book. That was actually the book that took us to Israel together. We had an idea for him to do a book that would take advantage of his contacts in Israel, and so I went with him and and we interviewed a lot of people that were fascinating. David Barlon, who was an advisor to Netanyahu, and Ariel Sharon. So we put those into the book as interviews, and then David's commentary. And it was a book that, you know, I think still holds up after these years, because a lot of the truths in them are, you know, timeless. Right. And it was a fascinating time. As I said, my first trip to the country, and I've been several times since. Let's talk about it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Now, in the prologue of this book, you write about having to really listen to a blues record of Blind Willie Johnson singing John the Revelator. And you wrote, Blind Willie makes you work hard to understand what he is trying to say to you. Then you write, the Bible is like that. Now, why is the Bible like that? Really, in a sense, it's kind of two things going on at once. There's the feeling that the Bible is is hard to understand. There are things that are difficult concepts and things like that. And then at the same time, it's really simplistic in its overall message. But I've heard one time the great Henry Morris, who was founder of the Institute for Christian Research, he Mm -hmm. said about the book of Revelation, you know, it's not exactly hard to understand. It's hard to believe. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that once you open your mind to the fact that you can understand it, things start to click. Well, Jim, isn't it true that today most people are just biblically illiterate? You cite a poll in the book that showed that American teenagers no longer even recognize basic Bible stories. Would you elaborate on that? 
Yeah, that was a poll that really shocked me, even though I had been tracking that kind of thing for a number of years. And, and it said that basic biblical figures, Abraham, David, events like the flood of Noah, they don't understand what you're talking about anymore. And I think that's really chilling. And to be very honest, it's an indictment of what I'd call the church growth movement, which has pushed us to the point that we're at. You know, that real Bible study in many churches today it just doesn't exist. Right. The first chapter of It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine contains a discussion about the brilliant philosopher Homer Simpson and his search for the meaning of life. Tell me about that. There are a lot of things in media that really kind of reflect what's going on in the world. And Homer, you know, from time to time would say something that really was kind of profound biblically. And I think he, in certain ways, understood things better than than some of our celebrity pastors. But a lot of creators of shows like that will sometimes almost inadvertently put something in a script that really speaks to the meaning of life. So, for example, raise questions about the afterlife, what comes after this life, or is there really an end of the world coming? That may be the only exposure to biblical truth a lot of people get. So there are a lot of examples like that in media. Why do you think modern entertainment and modern academics constantly attack the credibility of the Bible? Fundamentally, it goes back to what Paul said, they're of reprobate mind. The further you are from Scripture, the more your mind is poisoned to truth. And so they're simply acting out what an unregenerate human heart does. And the fact that we have a culture in this country that's really been disintegrating since the 60s, at every level there are attacks on Scripture. And for real believers, you have to just be resolved to counter that where you can. The Apostle Paul wrote in Second Timothy 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, etc., 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 etc. So, Jim, isn't this the type of behavior that we should expect to see in the last days? Yeah, absolutely. And that laundry list there is, of course, famous. And I've noticed an interesting thing even in the last two or three years that more and more people I see in the church are citing that passage because it so perfectly describes, unfortunately, where we're at today. I mean, notice how specific a lot of those things are, and then you see it reflected in our culture in a way that we haven't seen before to this degree. In It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, Jim, you devote many pages to the modern nation of Israel. Israel returning as a nation in 1948 is really the super sign of Bible prophecy, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. In fact, a lot of times people will ask me, you know, is there a main reason why you think we're living in the last days? And it's Israel. It's specifically now, it's the intensifying pressure on Israel. So yes, Israel is absolutely the key. A lot of Bible prophecy teachers have been talking about that for many, many years, and it's more true now than ever. Why is it, Jim, do you think that most pastors never talk about the miracle of Israel's return or they don't take a stand for the Jewish people? Oh, well, in a weird sort of way, this is one of my favorite subjects because it it is, as you say, there are so many reasons for it, but one of them is 
that for decades, and I mean close to 100 years, the seminaries have been turning out anti-prophecy teaching. And so as they're raising up these pastors for the next generations, they either have no education in Bible prophecy or a combo of that and uh, outright disdain for it from seminary professors. And so that's a big reason. You know, I think the other one is the one we mentioned at the outset, biblical illiteracy in this country is at just horrifying levels. And so it's just a case of where most people simply don't have any information about it. You also mentioned the church growth movement. Don't you think that pastors are afraid of speaking on controversial topics to alienate their large church congregations? They absolutely are. And one of the first conversations I had about this subject as I was learning about it was with Noah Hutchings there in his office. And we talked about that. He had files of stories of people that found themselves in churches that were changing, following, if I can say it, the Rick Warren model of doing church. And over time, you know, Warren got his Ph.D. from Fuller in 1980, and I say that's when this whole movement really started in earnest. And so now we have at least one generation that's just saturated in that kind of model, which, among other things, de-emphasizes bringing your Bible to church and congregational reading and things like that. So the, the, the effects over time have been really toxic for faith. If you're just tuning into the program today, my guest is Jim Fletcher. Jim is an expert on Israel, and we're offering two of Jim's books on the subject. It's The End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine and The Last War. And you can get both books now for a special price by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Now, Jim, you describe a time in the book, It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, when you were in Jerusalem and you saw a plaque with a verse from Zechariah. That verse was Zechariah 2.4, which reads, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. Tell me about that incident and how it affected you. This is one of those prophecies that I think it's a huge prophecy fulfilled, but at the same time, it's a little bit obscure to audiences. And so I was walking through this museum, and I saw that, and next to the plaque was an open window. And through the window, you could see, you know, cranes and construction crews in the western side of the city just building constantly. And so it instantly clicked with me, and they placed the plaque there, of course, for a reason. And so I began to do a lot of research into that prophecy. And and what it means is that at some point in the future, Jerusalem would have dwellings and businesses outside the old city walls. Now, when Zechariah recorded that prophecy, that was a crazy thought because nobody lived outside the walls. They were there for protection because, you know, outside the walls you had outlaws, you had wild animals, you had all sorts of threats. And so nobody would do that. And yet, in the 19th century, a Jewish businessman named Moses Montefiore decided that the poor health conditions of people living in Jerusalem, you know, it's very compacted together, and there was a lot of health problems there. So he provided funds for people to build, basically, apartments outside the city walls, 
if they would do it. And so they did. And they started, this was about the time of the American Civil War. And so one day on a trip to Israel, I was in Jerusalem and I was in the old city and I thought, you know what? I wonder if there's any evidence for that community. And there sure is. And it's directly across from Jaffa Gate on the slopes overlooking the old city. The original community is there. And it really honestly just electrified me because I thought, wow, that is a direct fulfillment of an ancient prophecy that I can see with my own eyes. And it was really an enlightening moment for me. Well, Jim, don't you think that fulfilled predictive prophecy is the most outstanding evidence that the Bible is absolutely true? Oh, I couldn't agree more. You said it perfectly. More and more, my real interest is in Bible prophecy as an evangelism tool. And I think that it's really, really effective in that way. And the field for that is wide open, because as we've discussed, you know, this is not a popular subject now with churches and large ministries. And so it falls to the, you know, the little guys like me to point these things out. And in fact, when you do, people get it. They really understand and they really are energized by it. The book is called It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, How to Stop Worrying and Learn to Love These End Times. Bible prophecy will help you do that, won't it? It absolutely will. I have to say I was probably not always an optimistic person, but I am now because of this very thing. And we say often we know the end of the story and and how it ends, but when you really think that through and you really let that settle in your heart and your mind, you do stop worrying about the future because you see the world unfolding exactly as God predicted it would. And so if he's able to do that, that means he is in total control. And, you know, long term, there isn't anything for me really to worry about. And I literally live my life that way. Well, amen. My guest again is Jim Fletcher, and we're talking about two of his books, actually. It's The End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine and The Last War. You can get both of these books now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can get a copy or both copies online at swrc.com. Next time, we'll continue this conversation about your book, It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine, and the Modern State of Israel. Jim, thanks again for being on the program with me today. Jim Fletcher will continue to demonstrate conclusively that the Bible's predictions are true, and there's nothing to be afraid on the next Watchman on the Wall program. Today we have Jim Fletcher's two-book collection, The Last War and It's the End of the World. Both books are available for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order online, swrc.com. Now, from his own lips, Greg Patton shares just a couple of the real-life experiences he and his family have gone through battling the demonic spirit world. Well, in light of the fact that we have a new book coming out called Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim, I thought it might be interesting to you if I shared a thought or two of how this all came about as far as different events. It's all in the book, but uh, just to hear it from the guy who experienced it, 
I think it's a really good idea. I was preaching in Mentone, Indiana at the First Baptist Church. I had gotten into a lot of research, 119 books on the devil and demons, the spirit world. I wanted to know everything because our family had come under a severe attack. So I'm really doing well. The church is packed on a Wednesday night because the topic, Satan and his demons, what they can do in your life. And I thought it was going extremely well. But then there are little few things started to happen. There was a little cracking here and cracking there. People were looking around at one another. I just kept right on, and my goodness, I hit a high point that I thought would deliver a real blow to the enemy. And before we knew it, there was major cracking, and folks looked up, and the plaster on the ceiling, very thick, gave way. The church emptied out, people running every which direction, and the whole ceiling fell in. I've been on Facebook several times, and people said, I'll never forget that night. I was in the church auditorium there in Mento when that all happened, one of the most unbelievable events. Wow. Nobody got hurt, by the way. Isn't that interesting? But that was one of those first eye-openers that we experienced against the enemy. And then I was at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, in a residential neighborhood down there. The preacher, oh, we had a great time. He was an older gentleman, but uh, I think he had something like nine children go through Bob Jones University. But he said, I'm right on target with what you're teaching and preaching, Brother Patton. You need to come and tell our church. So we did. And again, started off very good that first Sunday morning. The people were extremely receptive. The pastor had kind of paved the way for us there. But again, the service was over. I was talking to one gentleman, and he said he would like if I could talk to his child during the week that had some major problems standing right beside him. And I looked down, and my goodness, an awful look from that young man's face, and he began to growl at me. We had that same thing happen over in Puerto Rico, in San Juan, big Baptist church there. Several women came to the altar. Three of them, right near me, were growling. It's just hard to believe some of the things that goes on out there. The average Christian, the average pastor never experiences this. Oftentimes, I'll say, why me, Lord? But that was not the end of it that day. We're talking, wrapping things up. People are exiting the church. There's a few of us milling around talking, and what in the world is that? Down the center aisle of this Baptist church comes a black goat. I assume you know the universal symbol of Satan. There it is, a black goat. I mean, it was just like it was orchestrated, all planned. Where did this thing come from? How did it get in the church in the first place? And now it was making its way toward Pastor and I right up front. That thing came right up to us and stopped. It was unreal, almost human, and began to look around the auditorium. Saw my son Jason talking to a new friend that he had just made, and that goat charged my son and hit him right in the thigh. The men wrestled that thing out and sent it on its merry way. Have you ever had anything like that happen in your church? And by the way, it didn't go away. I was going with pastor to counsel someone who either had demonic problems or mental problems. And as we met there in the church parking lot, 
out between the houses in that residential section? Guess what came? Yes, indeed. A black goat again and came running across the yard and right toward pastor. I told him, don't be frightened. In the name of Jesus, you get away. That thing went right past us, went right to my fifth wheel in the parking lot that we traveled the country and slid underneath it. They ended up having to get a group from the Humane Shelter to come out and get it. It has just been one unbelievable scene after another. My wife was saying, in the few months we have been writing this book, she said, if you were to tell just the stories and the things that have happened to us since you started writing this demonic book, you would have another one or two books to share. Yeah, the enemy does not like it, my friend, when you invade his territory. When you know what you're doing and what you're talking about, and your authority is Jesus Christ, the enemy will just try to jump all over you and dissuade you from serving Jesus. I saved one of the toppers for last, ministering down in Vidalia, Georgia, the sweet onion capital of the world, again, the First Baptist Church. What happened? That night, all kinds of things happening in the church auditorium. But later, when I went to counsel a girl who I knew definitely had some demonic problems, they ushered us into the missionary apartment. It went great for a while. We were talking just like normal people would talk about a number of things, and pretty soon this gal just got a little testy and said, are you going to help me or not? And I said, yeah, that's what we're here. And she got up. Sharon, my wife, is eight months pregnant. We're still trying to figure out this ministry and what God is doing. And so I uh, watched. She went to the kitchen, looked around, and started pulling drawers open. We didn't catch on right away. She turned around. And in her hand was a butcher knife, and she had a smile and a demonic laugh going on, and her eyes looked extremely strange and her face disfiguring, and she started across the room toward Sharon and I with that knife at chest level. It was frightening, my friend. At that time, what do you do? I'd read enough books at that point. I just said, in the name of Jesus— And by his shed blood, you stop right where you are. Just as she directed the tip of that butcher knife almost to the palm of my hand. And with that command, this dear lady, down she went, passed out later, had no idea what she had done, even apologized. The enemy is very real. You just don't see him that way too many times. But I'll tell you what, my friend, I wouldn't change it for the world, for it changed our life and ministry for the good, and we've been able to help so many people as we've ministered in churches around America. Then the YouTube series called The Invisible War, hundreds have watched that, and now with this new book coming out, I know it's going to be a blessing to so many people, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to share all of that with you. Yes, my dear friend. There's so many stories out there living in today's world, and this has been one. Thank you, Greg. Those stories and many more will be part of Greg's upcoming new book entitled Invisible War on the Saints. Our featured resources today are Jim Fletcher's two-book collection, The Last War and It's the End of the World. Both books are available for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 
or you can order this collection online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Jim Fletcher will be back to continue demonstrating that the Bible's predictions are true and there's nothing to be afraid of. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.